Welcome back to the Mass Q Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Raina Friedman. Raina is a fifth grade teacher at the Jordan Jackson Elementary School in Mansfield, Massachusetts. She's taught grades three through five as an instructional technology specialist. She's working on her doctorate through Northeastern as she hopes to change the field of education someday. Raina is president of MassQ and has been presenting at the annual conference since 2010. She's a Google Level 2 certified educator, a BrainPop certified educator, Flipgrid ambassador, FableVision ambassador, and Wakelet ambassador. Raina has presented for ISTE, EdTech Teacher, Tech and Learning, Medfield Digital Learning Day, FETC, BPLC, and BLC. Today, Raina is going to talk to us about ways to engage students in the first few weeks of school. Hi, Raina. How are you? I'm doing great, enjoying this August weather and getting excited for the new school year. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're right. I mean, school is right around the corner. The you know we're looking at a Labor Day weekend right now ahead of us, and we've got school coming. I know our custodians are putting the finishing touches on our buildings. I'm sure they are in yours as well. Yep, um, they're doing a great job. Yeah. I know some people are actually starting next week, so they'll be already started by the time this comes out. Yeah, we have our new teacher orientation coming up, and our staff shows up, and that's away we go. Uh, so what kind of ways are you getting students engaged in the first few weeks of school? So one of the things that I think is important is, which we hear a lot about all over the place, is building relationships with kids from day one. So from the first day of school, actually, even before that, when they come into open house, I make every child... Um, shake my hand in a nice firm way. And if they're not sure how to do a handshake, I will teach them how to do a handshake. And I greet them with their name. And I stand in the doorway every morning with that. And then when the kids come in, there's actually using simple, using Google Slides, there is a question of the day on our smart board that's posted. And we start off pretty simple with what are the qualities you look for in a teacher? What are you passionate about? What is one big question you have for the year? What do you fear? Tell me about a time you were brave. And the students every morning actually answer that question and they have to get it checked with me. So it gives me an opportunity to meet with each child before we even start our day. Yeah, that's that's really great. And it's powerful to say, you know, get that kind of student feedback and, and right away um, to make eye contact with each individual kid. That's pretty cool. Yep. And I love that it's just a simple Google Slides. You can even ask the kids to put questions, what they want, and put that in there so that way they sort of take ownership. But it's just a great way to do a morning routine. And we do that uh, Monday to Thursday. And the kids look forward to sharing with me, though some of them try to do one word. And I tell them that they're in fifth grade, they need at least a sentence. And, you know, it's a great way to do a climate check, too, because you can kind of tell the mood of your kids because you don't really know what their mood is when they come in. And they're different from the day before. So it's a great way to check the mood. Yeah, especially that age group, that three to five, there there's so much going on in their lives. Yeah. The you know, the transition and kind of growing older in the elementary school age. And, you know, my, my own daughter is in second grade and, and I see changes in her all of a sudden, you know, where the way that she reacts to things in school. Um, so that's great to be able to get that kind of feedback. What else do you have uh, that you like we- to do? Yeah, you know, one of the things I borrow from Caitlin Krauss, who is the owner of MindWise, she does a lot with mindfulness. She spoke at our spring leadership conference, and she taught me about visual learning selfies. And this could be done digitally or on paper. We actually do it on paper with a paper Instagram template. 
but you could do it in Google Draw, you could do it in, in Canva if you wanted to, depending on what your school allows you to use. But basically, we process how people learn best. Because a lot of kids will tell you what they're looking forward to learning about, but we as educators don't know how they learn. Do they learn from books, YouTube, friends, parents, podcasts? What are they getting? Where are they getting their information from? And so students actually design an Instagram post, if you will, of how they learn. And then we share them on our giant, we have um, an Instagram bulletin board and a Twitter bulletin board, which is pretty cool. So I never actually have to change the title of the bulletin board. I just have to change the posts every month. Oh, I really like that. So so your kids are giving you that kind of feedback right off the bat. And you think about, I just want to go back to what you said about how they learn. Yep. It's very different than when we were in school. You and I are about the same age that... Yep. When we were in school, there were books and that was about it. And then like as we started to kind of transition towards college age, there was Internet and Internet research and uh, but the email. Yeah. And email. And, and, you know, we were still using landlines to call each other. And uh, AOL Instant Messenger was one of the ways we, you know, interact with each other. But as far as like learning would go, it was pretty standard. Nothing had really changed. It wasn't until sort of our first few years of teaching in the early 2000s that the learning part changed, that it wasn't so book driven. It wasn't so teacher driven and teacher centered that we incorporated technology and then other ways of gaining information. And I, I mean, I think about this all the time, but that very first YouTube video was a was the guy who founded YouTube going to the zoo and walking by an animal at the zoo and it's like 12 seconds long and it's him talking about the animal he sees at the zoo and that's right. that was his learning that was happening right there right and the kids have access to so much that as a teacher I'm just curious as to what they're ac- ac- accessing and how they're getting their information because I, I want them to be able to use those tools in the classroom. So like one of the things that this helps me with is when we go to take a math assessment, I actually say to kids, remember what you did in your visual learning selfie? Use any of those tools but a calculator. And I have kids looking at me like, wait, if I forget a word, I can Google it or I can look back in the math book. And yeah, in the real world, we can do that. So you should be able to do that on your assessment. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, right. No, you're absolutely 100% right. I mean, we, we have people memorize things right now that, you know, you don't need to memorize. These are things that you'll be able to look at and look up. Yes. And, you know, I, I talked to, uh, you know, we had talked earlier about our friend Jed, who's in Walpole now. But, um, you know, I, I, I put this graphic up in the workshop that I did that Jed was in, and it was the 40-40-40 rule. And it was like things that you'll remember in uh, 40 weeks, um, things that you remember in 40 months, and things you'll remember in 40 years. And it's a set of concentric circles and thinking about that kind of learning, you know, like the example I used in in the the session was about the quadratic equation. Like I remembered it for the 40 weeks because I knew I was getting tested on it and I had to know it and I got it done. And then here I am 25 years later and I had to do a stop motion animation project and I wanted to talk about the quadratic equation. Well, I didn't remember it at all and I had to have someone reteach me, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But you have tools to be able to reteach you that yeah. you don't need to just go look it up in a book now. You could go on Khan Academy. Right, right. And we could watch those. And, and how great is that? I mean, it's a totally different world as far as learning goes. And, and yeah. I, I think it's better for, for everybody. The world's knowledge is in that, you know, in that one location. Yeah, so this visual learning selfie is a twofold, right? Because now I'm getting into their minds. But not only that, 
I'm also teaching them responsible social media use. Like this is an example of something you could put on Instagram. Yeah, right. What you're learning about and how you're learning it. And the same thing goes for the Twitter. Like, you know, in the first days of school, a lot of teachers will do, let's set goals for the year, right? Well, we don't just write out our goals or draw them or whatever. We do two things. One is I got a Target speech bubble whiteboards. And the kids write their goal on a speech bubble of what they're curious about for the year. We take a picture and we post it on our class social media accounts as long as students, parents have signed the media release. They also write their goal out in Twitter format. So now I'm teaching them about at symbols and hashtags in the first two weeks of school. And I got um, Susie Brooks, Mm -hmm. who is president of Massachusetts Association for Curriculum Development, the MASCD group. She had on her a blog post she did, God, years ago called fire off a tweet and it was a twitter template of 140 characters where the kids just write the letters in boxes so my kids can take two now that it's 280 and they write their goals and then i'll say to them do you want to hang it up on the bulletin board and tweet it out to our social media connections or do you just want to hang it up on the bulletin board and a lot of kids when i ask them if i want them to tweet it out you can just see their minds like oh my god like there's an audience beyond these four walls right right and it makes and them are think people about being really going to yeah. look at my goals? And what's amazing is, is like if it's a reading goal or like something where I know somebody on Twitter might be interested, I'll tag them. And then when that person likes it or writes back to be able to show that student that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the reach of Twitter every once in a while, I'll see those like, you know, trying to teach my students about about social media and responsible usage. Uh, just mention where you're from and we'll show how how large this group really is here. Um, but going yep. back, yeah, going back to you you know, using Twitter and the paper version of it, the ha- being able to write concisely your goals in 280 characters or before 140, yep. that's a skill. I mean, that's a real skill. And at that age, that's impressive. Yep. We do that. And we do that a lot. Like we use that Twitter paper when we, you know, finish a unit, what did you learn? Write a tweet or we're reading a book, ask a question to the author, and let's start a conversation or in science, when we're talking about a concept, let's tweet about the concept. Maybe somebody knows, or if you have a question, you don't understand it. Let's do that. And then I also have um, social media ambassadors who can tweet about our day, except they do it on the paper and then I type it out and then I can actually put the Twitter feed on the smart board so the students can see it. So it's not just, you know, all me. Yeah, that's really neat. So what other kinds of things are you doing, opening activities with your students, you know, first couple of weeks to get them, yep, so get them engaged? The, yeah, get them, enga- get them engaged, but also get to know them. So one of the things I took from Dave Burgess's Teach Like a Pirate is to create something out of Play-Doh that represents them. And I go through a little, it's in Google Slides, a little like intro to today's challenge and kind of what we're doing. And then the kids each get Play-Doh and have to actually shape it into something that teaches us about them and then they have the option to either present it to the class or if they're not comfortable presenting to the class yet i will ask them what it is and present it with them oh neat so we're building some public speaking skills and community building and what's nice too about that is my kids sit in groups so when they're working with the play-doh and manipulating it they're having collaborative conversations with classmates yeah i mean and you could even use flipgrid for something like that for kids that aren't aren't quite prepared yet to speak um, that, what, that's such a cool idea. 
Yep, because they could share their thinking about who they are on a Flipgrid. Speaking of Flipgrid, I actually just sent one out to all of my families. I do before school starts where I invite the kids to use Flipgrid to introduce themselves. Yeah, that I to their classmates before school starts. And someone had said to me, well, how do you get by the whole media release using tools? And I said, it's because I sent it directly to the parent, meaning the parent has to click the link. The parent has to show the child. The parent's giving permission for the kid to go on Flipgrid. Yeah, right, right. That's a good way to do it. And you're putting the the onus back on the parents to say, you know, here's something. I, I will work with you on this project. Yep. Yeah. And so my kids actually start communicating with each other before school starts via video. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, here's what I did in the summer. Here's one word that, you know, I'm excited about for fifth grade because I know Sean Fahey does that one word hyperdoc. And I sort of just put it in the flip grid and they talk a little bit about what they're excited to learn about. And it's a nice way to introduce themselves. And last year when I did it, I had about three quarters of the class do it. One kid was in India. Oh, wow. And he wasn't coming until after the first full week of school. So he was still able to at least have conversations with his classmates from another country. That's really cool. Now, I've seen uh, on Twitter teachers that have posted say, a QR code on their door. And when you scan it, it goes to a flip yep. of them introducing their classroom. Uh, and then I saw another one that was pretty interesting. And, and this one kind of might be a little dicey with, with security. And you'd have to talk to you about your talk to your resource officers about it. But, uh, you know, using Google Tour Builder to take take a 360 camera view of your yep. cla- of your classroom. Um, and within Tor Builder, they've set they have a new setting. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it, but for our listeners, that that it it basically prompts you to go through and take a picture of everything, and it combines all of those pictures to create the 360 view that the uh, the very expensive 360 camera will do. Um, but it'll do it with your smartphone, and that's another no, one. I've never used it. Yeah, that's another one. You you just kind of kind of have to be careful with your school resource officers. So reach out to them and say, you know, are you comfortable with me? Uh, posting this thing about you know the physical layout of my classroom but uh, outside of that it it can create kind of a neat thing for a kid and a parent to sit down before school starts and say oh my desk is going to be right there and when I'm sitting there he'll be sitting next to me or I I can see the board or I can't see the board so maybe we should talk to this teacher about that beforehand Um, you know I'm near the door maybe I'm distracted by that Uh, so you know there's a lot of a lot of play that can go in there. Yeah, I actually just take, I take pictures. I've always taken photos and just posted them um, in two places. One, our class social media account. But I've developed an affinity for Google Photos because it's a great way to share with parents who aren't comfortable using social media. And the kids also can be part of that photo album because they can't physically be on the social media accounts. So it's a great way to share images and things, even for kids who miss open house or are going to be there late. They can sort of see the lay of the land. Yeah, that's cool. So tell me just a little bit before we close here on things yep. that are things that are going on with MaskU right now. You're the president of MaskU. Your term just recently started, correct? Yep. Uh, so tell me what's on the horizon for MaskU outside of the fall conference. Like we want people to register for the fall conference, obviously, and go to that. It's an incredible time. It's the biggest, uh, you know, tech conference in in the Northeast. We want people to be there. But what else is happening with MaskU that you would want to tell people about? So we are development and outreach committee is going to be looking for ways to do member engagement and are going to be kicking off an ambassador program that we're going to be calling mass Q champions. And we're going to be developing that program this fall. So that way we can sort of start implementing it maybe later in the year where we have mass Q champions all over the state 
to be able to bring, like, it's hard for us to get out to, say, Williamstown. Right. Yep. But yet we could have champions out there that can sort of corral educators together and bring MassQ to them. The other piece I'm really excited about is the Q-Ups that Chris Gosselin, one of our board members, have started with his team. And those are social events for our members that are happening all over the state. We did a pilot that was sponsored by Newzella in, I want to say, the late end of the school year in Worcester. And it was very successful. And it's just a place where people go and chat and get to know each other and connect. There'll be one in September. It might be right around the time this comes out down in Plymouth. I know that there's one being planned on the North Shore. So it's a great way to give back to our members and provide a way for us to network beyond the fall conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about, you know, having gone to ISTE and we were both at ISTE at, uh, and just those those individual conversations that people had, you know, if it was walking from a hotel to a convention center or during a lunch or something like that, yeah. that how powerful that stuff was. Uh, so that's a great, I love the, the idea of the, um, you know, getting people together like that. Yep. So those are some things coming on the horizon that are really exciting, not to mention um, we are providing a lot of PD to support teacher licensure. I mean, I just realized this summer myself that our Who Knew It that comes with your membership free of charge after you pay your $40 can be used for all the PDPs you need to recertify. I did all of my SEI PDPs through that. That's awesome. Right. So I didn't have to pay for a class. I didn't have to do, you know, hours of homework. You know, it was a video. There were some activities. I could do it by the pool. Yeah, that's a cool idea. That's great. So it's, you know, it's nice that we're supporting educators and all educators in so many different ways. Yeah. Well, awesome conversation, Raina. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you online? I am on Twitter at R-L-F-R-E-E-D-M. And I actually have a lot more activities for engaging students and always happy to share that. So anybody can tweet to me and I'll happily share it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raina. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the get a Q podcast from mass Q here to educate, connect, and inspire.